when is this bubble going to burst? When should we expect the next housing crash? Tune in and we'll discuss. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dior, what's poppin'? Uh, not my sleep pattern, John. Not my sleep pattern. I uh, should be hella tired tonight by the time I get home. Yeah? Yeah, wifey went out, found another rescue dog. By the way, she doesn't find the. I said. I said that. Stop saving these fucking animals, man. But if we don't, who will? If we don't, who will? But she doesn't find them. There's an organization that finds them, and then she just raises her hand and says, "Yes, we can take this puppy in. We can take this dog in." But we had this like three-month-old adorable puppy, Mm -hmm. broken leg. Not my um, my problem. (laughs) It's his problem though. And it's my wife's problem because not only does he does he have a broken leg, which means he has a cast, he's a puppy. And he's not house trained. He's not crate trained. So we have him in the crate last night. We're going to bed. We took him out 17 times before bedtime. Homeboy shit in his crate at like 1 a.m. So I wake up to my entire bedroom smelling like dog poop. Not only does he step in, not only does he poop, he steps in it, in his cast. So we're up one o'clock in the morning, getting things cleaned out, getting him cleaned up, take him outside, put him back in the crate thinking, Hey, I'm waking up at four 30 so I can go train. I can at least get three and a half hours sleep. Nope. At three o'clock he poops again in the crate. So it was Bro, that's uh, nasty. You and your pet owners, man, are how weird. Yeah, you don't own pets, do you? No, I just like natural animals. Anything that's domesticated is the folly of man. They've been inbred and gener- over generations and generations. Dogs aren't natural. Well, what does that speak to your viewpoints on marriage? Or do you think you're a little bit domesticated? We're do all domesticated, be- trained, yes, trained. Go, sit, <laughs> stand, be quiet, don't respond. Yeah, it's the same thing, but you know. Yeah. But I don't go shit outside in the woods butt naked and then go sit on my couch like dogs do. So there's the difference. <laughs> No, you at least wipe the sleeves on your couch. Allegedly. You do everything. You go outside, <laughs> yeah, you hit the I woods. Do. I do. Yeah. Mark but... came over. I told him, he's like, where's the bathroom? I'm like, outside through the sliding glass door. He thought <laughs> I was there, joking. Is there one particular tree that you pee nah, on? And right, then one right, bush that you not, poop behind? It's, it's right on. It's right on front. I don't it's poop just... outside. I'm a shy crapper. I told you that. I actually had this neighbor. We used to go over to his house to play cards. And I loved this. Um, and I loved his wife's humor. But his wife actually went and bought him a fire hydrant mm. because she was so tired of the men on poker night oh, always oh, going yeah. outside and peeing outside yeah. that instead of like uh, fighting it, yeah, she, just she just embraced, embraced it. it. Yeah, yeah she went out and bought a fire time. hydrant and, yep. um, and that was the place to pee. Today's like, episode is brought to you by Square Urinal Cakes. Square Urinal Cakes. Is that such a thing? Yeah, Square Urinal Cakes. Never heard of it. Is that the little thing that you put in a urinal yeah, that helps it yeah. smell better? Uh-huh. You know, my favorite thing is the to be defined in a urinal. Not besides either. a target. Not not a piece of gum or hair. No, but ice. I love going to those bars where they dump ice into the urinal because it keeps the odor down. And really? It, yes. That's the hack. Yeah, that's the hack. Well, it's just I don't dumping piss. Ice in there. I don't piss in public because that's just not for me. But that's seriously, a, not at all. Mm-mm. I don't use the option. I will hold it until I get to a four or five star hotel or until I get home. So would you stop by a hotel that you're not staying in? 100%. Would I? Have I? Last week. 
Dude, we don't get half hour. What the hell? Shit. Oh my goodness. All right. So I don't know how we got sideways. I know because you talk about that dog shitting at four a.m. in the morning when you have to get up and one, clean. one, and then three thirty. Yeah, craziness. Absolute craziness. So let's just jump into today's yeah, episode. Yeah, let's do it, man. That's for your pet lovers out there. Yeah, for all you pet lovers, we're gonna go ahead and jump into today's episode. And today's episode is brought to you by some article I read last week. And what's cool about this some article, actually, if you went to tloponline.com, it's up there. you went to In the News, which mm. this is free for anyone to do, it's where I curate my favorite articles of the week. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff I'm reading, and then it's the stuff that I'm using to operate my business, to give advice to our clients and to our customers. And then I typically just post it, post a link, post the article, and you can go read it for yourself. Um, and we actually taught this, I taught this, to a group of mortgage professionals who are part of the TLOP online community, right? Mm-hmm. So these are LOs who are investing in their future growth and their in their professional development, and they pay us to coach them and train them. Wink, wink, nod, nod. If you're a loan officer tuning in and you're not a part of the TLOP online community, what the hell are you waiting for? You must not really care about getting better. You must not really care about making the most money, closing the most loans, and building the best business. But nonetheless... Um, this article is actually up on TLOP online, but I'm like, you know what, John, it would make a phenomenal episode because people who aren't members of TLOP online, home buyers, mm-hmm. real estate agents, mm-hmm. financial advisors, like people who tune into the show because they love our content. I don't anticipate that they would actually be members of, of our coaching community because, well, well how am I going to coach someone who doesn't sell mortgages for a living, right? Sling loans. Yeah. Yeah, we're only right now coaching the loan slingers. Yeah. I used to call myself a loan monkey back in the day because I would do a trick like the monkey in the park. Mm-hmm. I would do a trip for a quarter. I mean, I'd do a trip for a lead. Um, anymore, we don't really coach being a loan monkey, but we definitely know how to sling some loans. Yeah. And the article that I read and what I loved about it, and I, I promoted it in the intro, it's like, hey, when is the bubble going to burst? When is the next housing crash? And I've been hearing about a bubble burst since 2018. And then again in 2020 and again in 2022 and all of 2023. Yeah. Here we are, Q1 of 2024. And the most up-to-date prognostications by those in the industry is still calling for homes to appreciate by 2 to 4% mm-hmm. throughout the, the nation. Now, there'll be some pockets that maybe homes depreciate by 4% and other pockets where homes appreciate by 8%. But all in all, we are still looking for modest appreciation in 2024. And luckily for those OGs who've been tuning in into us for the past three years, four oh, years, yeah. even you've heard John and I talk about like, there's no bubble burst. Like you've heard this and the article definitely reiterated it. Um, it solidified that there is no bubble, but it does talk about when we could see a correction, when we could see home prices deflate. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to talk about today. 2028. Let's go. Do you think, is that your guess? 2028? Well, the universe has told me probably. Yeah. Well, let, let's walk through this. That's four years from now. Like, like let's look at the landscape of home ownership to really understand today's market, mm-hmm. but also so we can determine well, when's this big correction going to be? Because there's people who didn't buy in 2021 because they're like, oh my God, it's going to be a housing correction. There's people who didn't buy in 2018 because there's going to be a housing correction. Well, if you didn't buy in 2018 mm-hmm. and now we're in 2024, you lost out on 30 to 40% appreciation. 
even if there was a housing correction, a correction is a 10% decrease mm -hmm. in values. So you, you missed running it up 40% to watch it come down 10%. You still would have been net positive almost 30%, right? Had you bought in 2021, but you know, no, I wasn't going to buy. It's going to burst. Mm -hmm. You missed out on a 25% mm. appreciation. Even if homes, if there was a correction and home values came down by 10%, you still would be net positive. Those people who didn't buy January of 2024 are going to get to January of 2025 and be like, damn, that same home is more expensive today. And the reason for this is because there's no supply. Like I just saw Logan with Housing Wire. Logan is one of my favorite economists to follow. He's all over social media. You can look him up. Just literally Google Logan Housing Wire economist. Word. But he had a really cool infographic that he shared where he was comparing uh, new housing inventory this week of 2024 with new housing inventory this week, 2011. And it was something like 300,000 new homes coming on the market in 2011 versus 80,000 new homes, or maybe it was lower. It might've been 20,000 wow. new homes. Mm. Well, the reason why there's going to be no correction anytime soon, and there's definitely no bubble to burst is that there's no inventory. Therefore we have a supply and demand that is out of whack, meaning we have no supply. The demand is there, but no supply. The minute you have greater demand than you do supply, you will maintain and retain your values and you even see values increase. Mm -hmm. That's sixth grade economics, ninth grade economics. That's freshman year at UCF economics. Like that's pretty basic, uh -huh. but it's like, well, why people may be asking about why is that? Well, let's go back and let's look at the largest population boom that we have seen over the past 50, 100, let's do 100 years. And those are the baby boomers, right? Those are the people that were born between 1946 and 1964, mm. right? Those people today are on the low end, 60 years of age on the high end, 78 years of age. Shout out 78 year olds. And what they are is they are more active than their parents' generation. Mm. They are staying employed longer than their parents' generation. And they're staying in their homes longer. They're not going into assisted living facilities. They're not looking to downsize. They love the home. They love the neighborhood. They love the area and they're not going anywhere. And by the way, they own the most real estate. That generation owns the most real estate. And because of that, until they start selling, there's not going to be a whole lot of inventory. That sucks for the next biggest population boom in the past 100 years. Which, do you know what population generation that is, John? When Gen Z's? Uh, what are you? I don't know. Okay. You don't know? Gen. If, okay, if you were born between 1981 yeah. and 1996. I'm not a millennial. That makes you a millennial. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, I don't, yo, check hey. your math. Check your sources. I'm not a millennial. Look, we live in a day and age. You can identify whatever you want to identify <laughs> as, John. Like, there is nobody stopping you. If you want to identify yo. as the lost generation, the greatest generation, the baby boomer, if you want to be an X, a Y, or a Z. So what came after baby boomers? Why, why are you going to ask me questions I don't know the Gen answer X. to? Gen X? Yeah, maybe. Shit. Maybe Gen X. I know Gen Z came after Millennial. Oh. And Gen X came before Millennial. Okay. 
Uh, so like the Gen Zers are still in high school. Oh, okay. They're high school all the way up until yeah. until probably about age 27. They're just trying to get TikTok rich. They, they probably are trying to get TikTok rich. I'm hoping one day I can get TikTok rich, really? John. I hope they shut down the servers. <laughs> they might. <laughs> they, they definitely might. But no, so, you, so we have the millennial generation, those that were born between 1981 and 1996. You and all your all your friends, right? <laughs> all your delinquent <laughs> friends. Know, right? Oh, my God. And, and guess what y'all want to do? Not work. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh, I mean, no. What do yeah, we want? You might not be a part of the integration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they want to own homes. Okay. Yeah, they want to own homes, and they're, they're having a hard time finding homes. Mm-hmm. But it's a super large boom of population mm-hmm. that wants to buy homes. The average age of a first-time home buyer is, depending on the study, depending on the the quarter, mm-hmm. it is somewhere between like thirty-three and thirty-six years of age. So think about it. if you're a millennial, that's twenty-eight to forty-three. If you're 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, that's six years of the millennial generation that isn't even yet the average first-time home buyer age. So those people that are right now between 33 and 36, they're trying to buy. Then there's another six years of people who want to buy. Like they want to buy. This is a demand that is putting pressure on the lack of supply. This is why we are going nowhere in terms of up when it comes to home prices. Like housing will continue to get more expensive. This is why if you're in 2018 and you didn't buy Mm -hmm. and you still haven't bought, but you were ready to buy in 2018, like I don't, I do not know what to tell you. So translation, if I'm looking at homes now, should I just buy if you're ready to buy? If you're ready to buy, you buy. We've been talking about this for two years now. Yeah, I remember you saying that. We've been talking about for two years you and I, when we first started doing stuff together, we did this amazing. You did it. I brainstormed it, but you then made my 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 uh, idea come into a reality. Mm-hmm. Where do you remember filming? We did like the silent no talking. Yeah, the signs with, with the, the signs. signs. You dropped the signs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it was the first time you and I ever dabbled with like boosting something. Yeah, I boosted yeah, yeah. on LinkedIn, and I had some hater. I wish I could find that post and find that hater. Still there, because you know I don't forget. I know. And I have some hater who was a. Uh, you know, smarty already know it all. I think he was out of the great state of Illinois. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines with all my cash waiting to buy all of y'all properties when, when you can't afford them. Mm. That was around 2020 that we were doing this. Because yeah. I think the whole point of that video message that we did was like, you can't afford to wait. Like we were telling people back then we can't afford to wait. And here we are today in 2024. And it's like, you can't afford to wait. And here's why. Like, it's not just, oh, that dude helps run a mortgage company. I do help run a mortgage company. Yes, I do make a living by helping people finance homes. In fact, if you're looking to finance a home and you have questions, check the description below. Yes, like hit me up. I will hook you up with a professional that will take great care of you. I don't personally do loans anymore, but that's because I'm helping loan originators throughout the entire country become better at their craft, better as as a financial service provider. And we started telling people, now's the time to buy. Now's the time to buy. If you're ready, you buy now. And I'm telling you now with data, with statistics, with populations, this is why we're telling you the things that we're telling you. But if you really want to know, when is there going to be a housing correction? Like, let's just prognosticate. Let's get out our our fancy calculators and mm-hmm. let's call those MIT grads that know a thing or two about being actuaries. Nerds. Yep. Let's go to your friend AI. And here's what you'll learn. 
you will learn that the minute the boomers start dying off in mass. Who was them again? Yeah, who who were the boomers? Let's look it up for you. They were between the age of 60 and 78. Yeah. That means they were born between 1946 and 1964. Basically, these are your parents or these are your grandparents. Right? For you and I, these are our parents. Word. For, for Mark, it's his grandparents. Okay? For JT, it could be her great-great-grandparents. <laughs> Shout out to JT the intern. <laughs> right? Because, you know, it's, yeah. I, I look at my niece. Like, my niece has... Oh, no, what? No, she she had a, her great-grandmother would have been my grandmother. And my grandmother, if she was still alive, so, would, have, would have just turned 91. Uh-huh. So she wouldn't, she wasn't even a boomer. So, so that wouldn't have So happened. what happens to the kids that grew up and want a home but can't afford a home? Because AI took literally all their jobs. So there's literally this new wave of like 100 to 200,000 people just sitting at home because they don't have a job. And the only skill they had now was taken by AI. What happens then? Well, we're going to go down that rabbit hole. Cool. Unpopular opinion. Gen AI is what they're going to call it. Yeah. They could call them Gen AI. Yeah, Mark, shout out Mark. With the shout AI. out to Mark Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on today's date yeah. in 2024, Mark here. Holmes. Yeah. Yes. Gen coined, AI. Yes. Anyone born between 2020 <laughs> yeah. and in 2035 yeah. Yeah, y'all are is going to be Gen AI. Y'all are screwed. But no, at this point, our economy in 2024 could use unemployment going up. Our economy could use less jobs being created. Really? Yes. That's what's putting pressure on interest rates. That is mm. that is what's causing inflation not to get in check. Mm. Is that according to the data, according to the statistics, our unemployment is under 4% and employers are creating new jobs and there's not many people who are being laid off. It's the strangest conundrum to be in because it's like, oh, if you want to have cheaper housing and you want to have cheaper interest rates, and you want to have cheaper credit card interest rates, and cheaper auto interest rates, and you you want everything in your world to become cheaper, just pray for more people to get laid off. Like, that's a really sick conundrum to be in, but that's kind of what the Federal Reserve is stating. And I know we did that, that episode a couple of weeks ago where we mm-hmm. kind of talked about fiscal policy as it's dictated by the Federal Reserve. Um, but to answer your question, if AI truly took people's jobs. What jobs are they taking? Are they taking hourly jobs? Are they taking the people that's their part-time job? Mm -hmm. Because right now AI is a great assistant. Mm -hmm. I don't know yet if AI is taking the high level, high skilled jobs. Mm -hmm. It hasn't figured out how to swing a hammer. Hasn't figured out how to put two, two, two pipes together. So water doesn't leak. Hasn't figured out how to wire an electrical panel. Hasn't figured out how to how to lay brick or, or concrete. Mm -hmm. Hasn't figured out how to fix a car yet. Hasn't figured out how to paint a house. Like there's a lot of right, industries. Yeah, right. Hasn't figured out how to teach, drive a school bus, although we could go driverless. Did I tell you I saw my first driverless car when I was in Phoenix? No, you did not. Please go down this rabbit hole. Oh, it's just standing in, in old Scottsdale waiting for my Uber. And I was like, damn, there's a Jaguar too. Like, it's a nice as a Jaguar SUV, like a grocery yeah. getter, but for like rich people. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn, that's nice. They're like, wait a minute, where's the driver? And there was someone sitting in the back. It was a legit driverless car. Someone was sitting in the back. But nonetheless, right now, school bus drivers, AI hasn't taken over their job. So AI has taken the job right. of maybe various administrative assistant type roles. Mm-hmm. And who knows what it's going to look like in five years. But we had uh, the guy from Angel AI on, Shout right? Out Shout out Pavon. And Pavon had a Super Bowl commercial, by the way. Like, are how you, many of y'all? Hold up, for real? Yeah, how many of y'all? How many <laughs> of y'all? 
have had someone on your show <laughs> that straight up paid for a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, because guess who has two thumbs and can say he did? <laughs> this guy right here. Whoa. But um, yeah, so who knows what AI is going to do? But I will tell you, in the short term, in the short term, mm -hmm. we could actually afford as a U.S. economy mm. for unemployment to go up. Yeah. We we could actually afford for the new jobs being created to go down, and for the number of people that are signing up for unemployment benefits to go up. Right. right. We we could afford a weaker job market than what we currently have. I'm one to argue. I think it already is weaker than what's being reported. And I'm under the belief that it's really not that strong, that you have a lot of people who are working two jobs or you have employers who it's being miscounted because of the number of people who now work remotely. And somehow whatever statistics that they're, that they're using is getting skewed and people are being double counted. Just, you know, like they're being double counted because they show up as, you know, oh yeah, this person's um, employed out of the San Francisco office. Oh, this person's employed... And they work from home in Boise, Idaho, but it's the same person. But back on, back on when are we going to have this housing crash? We're like, Dio, when are you going to get to this? Okay. Hear me out. We will see home values take a hit. Mark my words sometime around 2040. What the fuck? What? Sometime around 2040. Cool. Well, let's figure this out. What 2040 real talk is only 16 years away. I know it seems like a next yeah. millennium. But that's cool. Like... So let's let's talk through that. Okay. And then we can find a way to wrap up today's show. Hell yeah. All right. If we go 16 years out from yeah. when we are right now. Damn, that's a long time. Well, that means the 43-year-olds are now 59. That's it. By this time, they have purchased their first house, purchased their second house, and they may be looking to purchase their third house. Because you you typically go mm -hmm. in the story arc of a home buyer, starter house, mm -hmm. raise my family house, and then my kids are done, so I'm an empty nester house. Mm -hmm. Right? Typically, if you were to own three homes, and you typically along that time, you have six mortgages. Because you bought your first house, you probably refinanced, you bought your second house, you refinanced, and you bought your third house. You may or may not refinance because maybe by then you have enough equity you paid cash for it. Right, but you may have refinanced two or three different times on that, on that kind of what I call forever house, because that was the house that you raised your kids in. So you may have owned that house for 15, 20 years. Where your starter house, maybe you only owned that for five to seven years. Mm -hmm. So owned it five to seven, you bought it, you refinanced it once, you had your forever house, you bought it, you maybe refinanced it twice, then you end up with your forever home. At which point you may or may not have a mortgage on it. If you did, maybe it was a 15 year fixed mortgage, maybe it was a small loan amount, maybe it was one of those reverse mortgages, who knows? But nonetheless, we're just thinking what 16 years out, well, 16 years out, if you're on the high end of a millennial, you're no longer looking to buy a house. And if you are, you're, you're downgrading. Mm -hmm. If you're the high end of a millennial and at the low end of the millennial, you're 28. So 28 plus 16 puts you at 44. Hell yeah. All right. So 44 is the, the, the age I am, right? So at 44 years of age, I am already on my second home. Like my career is basically starting to peak, right? Some somewhere between probably 44 and I would guess 54 okay. is going to be like the peak of my career. Yeah. And um I'm pretty solid in, in where where I sit in life, in my career as well as in the community that I live. But what happened to all those boomers? 16 years from now, that 78-year-old mm -hmm. is 94. Yeah, they're turning up at the villages. More than likely they're deceased. Oh shit. Right because Men and women on average in our country are living to around 76 to 78 years of age. 
So 16 years from now, if we were to go backwards, that means everyone who is 60 is now 76. Of that boomer generation, we are going to have half of them pass on. Half of them by 2040 will be passed on. Now, who knows with the modern marvel of medicine, what we'll be able to do to keep people alive. But right now, mm -hmm. the average age of a, of a adult male and adult female is still right around 76 to 78 years of age, depending on if, if you're male or female and what year and what study. And that's kind of what it's been, John, since for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like it hasn't gone up. Some people could prognosticate it will go up, but nonetheless, my point being, you go 16 years from now, where are the baby boomers? Half of them are deceased. And of the, of the half that are still alive, are they really going to be in those homes? Mm. Or are they now going into assisted living? Are they now going to live with their adult children? What we will see is for the first time, a flood of inventory. You will have a flood of inventory starting sometime late 2030s into the 2040s. Well, if I go back to sixth grade or ninth grade or freshman year of, of uh, college, basic economics course, supply and demand. When I have greater supply than I do demand, prices will go down. Yeah. So we could potentially see a 10% price drop at some point when that apexes. Right. But that means if you're sitting around right now, waiting for the bubble to that burst. That means I'm going to wait another 16 years wait, to yes. throw my money away. Yeah, waiting for a correction. I'm here to tell you, hey, good news, if that's what you're looking for. If you are a doomsdayer, naysayer, and you want to find the right time to buy real estate, and in your opinion, the right time to buy real estate is right after a correction, cool. Like, good luck waiting until 2040. But the rest of us, the rest of us are going to buy that house, and then by 2040, Based on historical data, mm -hmm. that home has doubled in value. So even if that home doubled in value and then went down by 20%, the $500,000 house today is a million dollar house 16 years from now. Minus 20% makes an $800,000 house. I had to live somewhere. I was going to be paying rent. I might as well be paying a mortgage. And then I might as well be accumulating all that equity. So the why why are we where we are? Because boomers aren't selling their houses. Why do we think that home prices will continue to go up? Because there's a millennial generation who really wants to become homeowners. Mm -hmm. They value home ownership, and that's the greatest population boom since the boomer generation. Mm -hmm. So we had this like conundrum of the old people aren't getting out and the young people want in, but there's not enough supply. And that's going to continue for the next 16 years and what's going to have to have happen is life. And we're going to need to see the boomers mm. age out. Maybe they need to die out, oh, pass yeah. on, at which point it'll open up inventory. But we're not looking for that to happen low in 12 years and the high in probably 18 years. That's why I picked 16. Plus 16 years gets us a 2040. And that's just a cool, cool number. But yeah, so there you go. Anyone looking to buy a house? Y'all, if you're ready, you're ready. If you want to know... Am I ready? Y'all, we have so much content mm -hmm. all over our YouTube channel. You can go, you can absorb that content, you can consume it for free. Or if you'd rather just have a quick conversation, I call them home buyer consultations. Mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes can get you put in the right direction. 
and I have a team on standby who offers that service for free. I say for free because it is free. What do they want to do? They want to earn your trust and they want to earn the opportunity to be able to actually help you with your home loan financing needs. But it starts with offering a free consultation and we can hook you up with a TLOP approved provider. If you're thinking about moving to Central Florida, don't because it's too crowded. NIMBY. NIMBY, not in my backyard. John learned that term and now that's all he wants to talk about. Hey, you you keep on living where you live out in the sticks and you'll have plenty of NIMBY. Too many people. But uh, no, if, if you all like what we're doing, do us a favor. You just listen to an ad-free podcast episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, we want to keep it ad-free, but we can only do so if you actually like, follow, give a five-star review, but share it. Not once, not twice, but three different times. Sharing is caring, and we appreciate every time that you share. If you are a mortgage loan originator and you're looking for coaching and training, check out everything we're doing over at tloponline.com. You will not be disappointed. On that note, his name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin O, and you have just tuned in to an episode of the Loan Officer Podcast. We are all done for today, but we do look forward to catching you on our next episode. T-Lock.